Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Performance Complex Podcast with your favorite podcast host, Brianna Williams. I am a fitness and wellness advisor, a trainer, a coach, whatever you want to call it. I probably do that. Uh, This week, this episode commences a new series I'm starting dedicated to women who are starting and beginning their fitness journey or health journey and the purpose of this series is to really address a lot of the misinformation the over information and the confusion when it comes to how what and why women should train Um, and over the next several weeks I'm going to dedicate Sundays specifically to this series Um, So remember, new episodes come out on Wednesdays and Sundays, and Sundays for the next several weeks will be dedicated to the series for women beginning this fitness journey. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm very excited to kick this this series off, to kick this episode off. And in general, sidebar, I'm excited that I've actually stayed consistent with um, recording these podcasts because... It's a new medium for me, so it could be a little overwhelming or intimidating, but I have found that once I get started and into it, it it comes quite natural to me. Um, So I'm just excited for this new journey, and I appreciate those of you for tuning in, for um, rating the episodes, for sharing the episodes. I appreciate it. Very gracious. So before I get started, uh, this morning I went to the gym and... I've been training full body for the past like 10 days. I've been going to the gym for the past 10 days. They just opened up in New York City. And I got to say, it's really hard to not ego lift because I'm used to being at a certain point in my lifts and my training. And obviously I've worked hard. I worked hard to get to like that peak performance. Um, So to have to regress myself to make sure, you know, I don't injure myself and whatnot is very is very humbling but I am excited to include new modalities and new I guess ideologies into my training to improve basically how I train and how I perform and um, how I look how I feel and whatnot you know I'm including more flexibility work or a more structured flexibility program into my current protocol whereas before I kind of just I knew I had to stretch but it, it wasn't super structured right now I've include, I'm including more um, flexibility structured flexibility like I said I'm, ex- I'm including more explosive training which is fun and exciting and I'm definitely being more regimented with my cardio cardio is something I've always done and I think it's very important and underused and demonized for whatever reason and I'm assuming the demonization kind of comes from the bodybuilding community not to call them out but I often hear people saying like oh well you don't need to do cardio to lose weight and even though that's true it's kind of like well why the fuck wouldn't you do cardio because you're exercising the most important muscle in your body which is your heart because obviously (laughs) without that you literally don't have anything so cardio is super important, but like I said, I'm, in, I'm including it in a more structured capacity. So I would say when I compare my current program to my older program from like six, seven months ago before COVID, um, I would say that it's a better program, even if I'm not lifting as much or at my peak reps, peak sets or whatever it is, I would say that overall, holistically, 
the the quality of the program is 10 times better, which is something that makes me um, proud and um, very happy. So yeah, I went to the gym today and on the way back from the gym, I picked up some plant-based coffee from from Super Coffee and it was really, really, really good. I think it was like coconut mocha flavor and it was super tasty. It came, it came in a little can. I drank it on the train and I was very impressed because a lot of times when you get, it was also protein-based. So a lot of times when you get a protein-based drink that's plant-based um, or a plant-based drink that has protein, <laughs> I guess that makes more sense. It tastes weird, like it tastes chalky. Sometimes vegan protein is chalky or plant-based stuff is just like, I don't know. It's almost like sometimes uh, brands more so like the idea that they can throw on plant-based versus actually trying to make sure that whatever they're making tastes good. But I digress. The super coffee was really good. So if any of you out there that listen are plant-based and you're looking for a coffee to drink on the go, I really suggest you you going for the super coffee because it was really good. And I'm definitely going to get that again if, if, if I need to. So, um, yeah, let's get into the overview um, of today's episode and then dive right into it. And uh, then you can get on with your Sunday. So, like I said, this episode commences this new series that's dedicated to women who are starting their fitness journey. And just for me, I wish when I started my fitness journey, there was someone or somewhere that I felt like I could really turn to some sort of resource that was dedicated to women. Because even as a fitness advocate, a woman's fitness advocate, a woman's performance advocate, like there aren't that many resources out there that I I personally find to be valuable, especially if they're not, um, especially ones that are not based around bodybuilding, like just resources for functional training, general strength training, weight loss, overall health and wellness. I don't feel like there's that go-to place for women. And so I hope, you know, with this podcast, with my other platforms, I'm able to kind of build that type of community um, because I definitely feel like it's missing. So hopefully this series contributes to that, to that community and conversation in a meaningful way. So in terms of upper body, why train upper body? There's Many reasons why you should train your upper body. You should always train your whole body. You shouldn't just train one part because of aesthetic reasons. Your whole body functions as a unit and no muscle works independent of your other muscles. You know, you you don't move like a robot. You move fluidly. And so just with that in mind, you have to always remember to train your whole body. But I will say for, for women, I noticed that uh, we kind of uh, move or some of us kind of move away from training the upper body and we neglect it, which, which is not good. So why train upper body? Postural implications. So <laughs> your upper body is where your posture basically comes from. If there's weakness in your back, weakness in your upper traps, your shoulders, you're probably slouching. So A lot of times people will complain about maybe tightness, you know, in your traps, which is like um, between your shoulders and your neck, that area. People feel like it's crampy and usually tightness or that like crampy kind of discomfort is a sign of 
weakness. You know, sometimes people are like, well, you need to stretch. No, it's usually because those muscles that are crampy are so weak that another muscle has to compensate. So postural implications, you have to train your upper body if you want to fix that slouchy posture that you probably get from, you know, sitting at your desk or um, working all day or, you know, that that forward head posture of you always on your phone looking down, you training your upper body is going to address that. Um, another reason to train upper body is to protect yourself against injury. So, you know, tendonitis. I know my mom, she gets um, a lot of like wrist tendonitis, wrist pain, elbow pain, shoulder pain. I feel like a lot of people have shoulder pain. So all of these joints will be strengthened if you're training your upper body. Um, and later on, we're going to discuss how to make sure you're actually um, giving your joints enough time to catch up to your muscles because your muscles will gain strength and become stronger faster than your joints will, which is a lot, which is why a lot of times you'll see super strong people who go to the gym all the time, but they'll have all this tendonitis and inflammation in their joints. And it's because they usually don't allow themselves enough time or allow their joints enough time to catch up with their muscles. But that's beside the point right now. So yeah, training your upper body is going to strengthen your joints, your ligaments, and increase bone density, which is really going to protect you from unnecessary injury um, or like, um, what do you call it? Uh, stress injuries, overuse injuries, that's what I mean. Um, and like I said before, another reason to train upper body is, to sim- is simply for the ability to move through life freely and not be limited by your muscular weaknesses you know you want to be able to move go and do without having to think well i know i'm not strong enough to do x or i i know no i'm not able to do y you don't want to be limited by your body okay so don't allow that to be an option and make sure you're training your entire body which includes your upper body like i said the next reason is a complete physique physique. You don't want to be big on the bottom and small up top or big on top and small on the bottom. You don't want to look disproportionate. You don't want to look weird. You want to have a complete aesthetic physique. And in order to do that, especially for women, you have to train upper body. Because I could tell you right now, when I'm walking down the street or if I'm in the gym or wherever, I could tell, like, and I'm, and I'm considering women who I know train I could tell when a woman doesn't give enough attention to her upper body because something looks off and it looks disproportionate. So if you train for aesthetic reasons, that's an aesthetic reason right there. It does not look right. So having a complete physique is only possible if you train the entire physique, which includes the upper body. And the final reason is training in general and strength strength training in general increases your metabolism because it increases the amount of lean mass you have. So if you're concerned about um, fat burning and losing uh, weight, gaining muscle mass, whatnot, lowering your body fat percentage, training your upper body and strength training in general is going to do that for you. So some common, I want to share some common mistakes and myths I hear or see just to quickly dispel them and hopefully 
you hearing this might encourage you. Maybe these are things you think or have said in the past. And maybe you hearing me explain why these things aren't true or why you shouldn't do these things will, you know, encourage you to see why you should be training your upper body. So the first thing I hear in this, I do think this is very specific to upper body, but I also think this applies to strength training in general, is women saying, if I lift weights, I'll look like a man. This could not be further from the truth. Okay? So there's a lot to dissect here, but I don't want to get too uh, political with it. So I'll try and keep it brief. Brief. You're not a man, so you're not going to look like a man. And the bodybuilders that women might see and like assume, well, I don't want to look like that. Those women, number one, work for years and years and years and they train in such a specific way so that they look like that. Like their goal is to look a certain way. Okay, so you have to remember that. Um, Number two, a lot of the bodybuilding community is on steroids. That's a fact. And if you follow, if you follow Greg Doucette on YouTube, you would know that he he does a lot of um, YouTube fitness. I wouldn't say like reviews or. what's the word, Um, exposés on bodybuilders who claim to be natural. And he basically explains and proves why they're not. So a lot of these women that you see have extra testosterone, which is able to make them look the way they look, which is closer to what you would consider like a male-like or a man-like physique. So you are not going to look like a man if you lift. If anything, you're going to look more full and more womanly if you incorporate strength training, specifically upper body strength training, into your um, protocol. So please stop saying that. Please stop thinking that. At least try. Give yourself three to six months. Try. And if you look like a man, message me and and we we can then have a talk about that. But I promise you that that's not going to happen. So the next thing I hear often is... It's not necessary, which I kind of addressed before, but I'll address it quickly here again. Upper body strength training is necessary. You need to have upper body strength. If you want to be a high functioning human being, you have to have upper body strength point blank period. That's it. If you want to be a high functioning human, you need upper body strength. Now, if that's not your goal, then maybe you need to reconsider what your goal is. But I promise you, Whatever your goal is, I can explain to you and prove to you why you need upper body strength. Whether it's you need to be a high-performing individual, you need to look good aesthetically, you're trying to become a bodybuilder, or you're trying to become a better athlete. For all those things, you need to have upper body strength and exceptional upper body strength. So that one, not true, completely dispelled right then and there just for you guys. Okay, the next one. I don't need to train chest. This is something I hear all the time. And I think this comes from uh, maybe in the gym when you see guys train chest and they're training chest more from like an ego standpoint. Um, You know, they want big chest, all chest, no legs. Your chest, like your pectorals, like that's a muscle. And so you need to train all of your muscles, like I said. You cannot train 
one muscle over the other. You can't train your biceps without tra- training your triceps. You can't train your, tre- your, your chest without training your back and vice versa. You can't just not train certain muscles because you're not going to function properly. Okay? So that's not true. Women should train chest. And I will say from, uh, obviously from a strength point of view, like me, I like to be very athletic. I notice the difference in my pushing power when I train chest and in my posture, if I train, train chest correctly and incorporate the proper flexibility exercises into my regimen, I notice the difference in my posture when I, when I emphasize chest and the difference in my athletic ability when I emphasize chest as well. Um, so that right there is completely dispelled. That is not true. Now, the last one isn't like a quote or a phrase I hear, but it's something I notice. And I notice women not lifting enough weight and not progressing their workouts. I can't tell you how many times I go to the gym and let's say I, I go from December, right? I go and then next year in December, I'll see the same woman looking the same, lifting the same weight. Okay, we will talk about this later a little bit more, but there's something called progressive overload. All right, you won't progress if you don't overload, which basically means you will not change. Your muscles will not grow or get stronger if you don't force them to. And so just because you're in the gym lifting 35 pounds, like that's great. That doesn't mean anything. Because if you're lifting 35 pounds four weeks later, there's something wrong. And when I say 35 pounds, I mean you're doing three sets of 10, 35 pounds, same tempo, same rest, all that same environment, same everything. And then you're doing the same thing four weeks later. Like there's, there's a problem. There's something wrong. There's no progress. And that's why you're not seeing results in the way you might want to. Now, personally, I think some of this is the lack of knowledge. But I also think a small percentage of it is people lie to themselves by getting themselves a gym membership and they try and pretend that just because they show up means that they're doing something. And I'm here to tell you, showing up is not enough. It's not enough. You have to execute. You have to challenge yourself. There's so much more you need to do. Showing up is not the the barrier for entry. I'm sorry, but it's not. Um, (laughs) But that's another conversation. So those are some myths, some mistakes. We're going to address them further um, as the episode continues. So where do you begin? If you are a woman and you're starting your fitness journey, where do you start? It seems overwhelming. It seems confusing. And I can even attest to this for myself when I have started and restarted and re-restarted my fitness journey. It can be Like I said, it could be very overwhelming and confusing just because there's so much information out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of opinions out there too. You know, people just trying to sell you something. And so a lot of information is just jaded by that. So I would say when considering where to begin, you first need to accept where you are, okay? You need to accept that you're not where you should be you're not where you sh- where you should be and 
you are probably not good enough. Accepting that, I think, is the very first step and the most important step to starting this journey. Because like I said, a lot of times people will lie to themselves about where they are. And you starting off this journey with a lie, you're really just setting yourself up you're setting yourself up for failure. You need to accept where you are today. You know, I spoke about earlier, I went to the gym today. I'm accepting that I'm weaker than I was six, seven months ago. I accept that. I also accept that I probably didn't do everything I could have or should have done to maintain more strength than I actually have. I accept that. I accept that I have not been good enough. And right now, I accept that I am behind. But me accepting that is allowing me to really assess where I am, create a protocol for where I am so that I can get better for tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Accepting where you are is what allows you to grow. So however that looks like to you, maybe that's writing something down, taking progress photos, that's a great way, something a lot of people do. Whatever that is for you, you need to do that thing so you can genuinely accept where you are and then get better and move forward, all right? So that's the first step, accepting where you are, accepting you are probably not good enough right now. Then, in terms of figuring out movements, um, and my assumption here is that you have a space to work out. You know, I could do another episode on maybe like working out at home versus having access to a gym or some sort of facility. But my assumption right now is that you do have access to equipment, to a facility, whatever it is. Um, I would say after that, you need to focus on body weight movements and con compound exercises okay body weight movements and compound exercises those need to be your main focuses for the next several weeks the next few months because body weight is something that people completely skip over because they want to jump into lifting heavy and they want to jump into ego lifting but mastering your body is going to do so much for your progress later on and it's going to do so much for your joint health and your ligament health and it really is going to prime your body to get to those super heavy weights so focusing on these body weight and compound movements is 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 absolutely necessary if not obligatory all right so i would say focus on three to five movements, focus on mastering three to five movements over the next three to six months. All right. I'll, I'll provide some movements that I think are necessary or important or that you should use or notable, whatever the word is you want to use. I'll talk about some exercises later, but I would say in general, focus on mastering three to five movements over the next three to six months, because something else I notice, and this is not just in women, this is in like all people who train or whatever, they jump around from exercise to exercise too much and they don't allow themselves to to master a skill, you know, master a movement, okay? If you can really focus on doing pull-ups, okay, you prioritize doing pull-ups for the next 
three to six months, not only will you be a pull-up queen, but you will also, your, your muscles will show for it. Okay, so they go hand in hand. Focus on a selection of movements over a small period of time. And then beyond that, in terms of like your mental space, I would say take your time, all right? Do not rush this process. Do not rush to the quote unquote end result. Because number one, once you get to what you think is the end result in your mind, you're going to realize that it really wasn't ever about that. But it was actually about the process, the progress. And like they say, it's about the journey. And that is so true. Because I'm sure if you think to any major event in your life, for example, for me, what I think of, I think of graduate, graduating college. When I think about it, that day wasn't super notable for me. What's notable and what's special is my college experience. Okay? It was about my college journey not about that graduation day, okay? So it's not going to be about that day that you step on the scale and you see that number that you really want to see or you see that body fat percentage or you see that muscle pop in. It's not going to be about that. You're going to look back and you're going to look at all your progress photos and it's going to be about that progress. It's going to be about you working, failing sometimes, regressing, then progressing, you know, plateauing. It's going to be about that. So I would say enjoy, you know, each workout, each day, each week, each progression, each regression, and understand that that's what this really is about. It's about this journey. It's about the progress. And I would say next is become comfortable in the space you're working out in. So something I did when I, something I do when I first um, join a gym is I just kind of walk around in the space, move in the space. I warm up in different areas in, in the space, in the facility, you know, I smile at people, I nod at people, sometimes I, I talk talk to people, and I really just allow myself to acclimate and just become at home in this new space because you're going to be contributing and giving and putting a lot into this gym or into this facility. You are. Um, and a lot of people are going to be around you, even if they don't know you, and they're going to be watching this, your journey. You're going to be watching their journey. So you're kind of creating this little community, this little family in this new space. And it's important that you become comfortable in the space as soon as possible, because that is just going to do a lot for your mental health. You know, if you're in a gym and you feel uncomfortable, you feel self-conscious, you feel, well, I don't really know that person, or I don't really know this space, or I feel kind of weird. Like that's going to do something to your, um, performance in your workouts it's going to be very noticeable because i see it all the time i see i see especially i see it in women because women have a kind of fear of like the weight room you know they come into the gym and you you could see they're hopeful like okay today might be the day where i try this exercise or i try this machine or i try this movement and it's like they walk up to it they look around, they see all these guys, they see all these people, they start to feel self-conscious, they go back into their shell and they sit on like the doctor machine and they go on their phone and then they leave like 15 minutes later. I see it all the time and it is so disheartening because, you know, if they just gave it a chance, you know, if they just bit their tongue and he's like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fight through this today, I'm just gonna become comfortable in the space, you know, we would say we would see so many more women in the gym or in training facilities and thus 
we would see just more high performing women. So really take your time and become comfortable in the space you're working out in. Like I said, it's going to make such a huge difference in like your, in your mental, in your mental performance, which translates, which translates into your physical performance. Now that I've explained all of that, I am finally going to talk about the notable exercises and the five exercises I think you could, should, or might focus on over the next three to six months, the ones that you might master over the next three to six months. So the first one, which you've probably guessed would be coming, is the push-up. The push-up, I feel like, has kind of been demonized into making people have worse posture. Um, That's usually because people don't know how to program it. It's not the exercise itself. And I'll preface this right now. No exercise is a bad exercise. You just have to understand the context in which you are presenting and using this exercise. All right? So certain exercises are great for power lifters and certain exercises are great for athletes. Certain exercises are great for endurance and other exercises are great for building muscle. You have to understand the context in which you're using movements. And the push-up is a great movement. It's a staple in building basic fundamental strength and body awareness. You know, it works on your chest, your triceps, your core, your shoulders. It's great for stability. So I think the push-up is a great starting point. And for most women, most women will not have the upper body strength to get right on the ground and do a full push-up with perfect form. And that is okay. That can be a goal. Um, So I would say elevate your upper body, you know, start doing push-ups on a table, on a bench, something like that. Um, And then each week, lower yourself a little bit, a little bit until you're on the floor. And then from there, work on your form, your range of motion on the floor. And when you're a queen and a badass at the floor push-up, right, impeccable form and control, then you can work your way into doing a depth push-up, which you can do with parallettes. Um, and those are awesome because you also get an end range stretch, okay, in your chest, um, which kind of does that flexibility work for you in the movement. So I love depth push-ups and that I feel like should be the ultimate goal. So work your way from, you know, a table push-up or a bench push-up all the way to a parallel depth push-up. And I want to address something quick here before I move on to the next exercise. And it's that a lot of times I see trainers and this is something I used to do. So I'm not trying to like deep, like call anyone or demonize anyone. Um, but I'll see trainers putting their clients on their knees and that actually doesn't take off much of the pressure um, that they might feel on their joints if they're lacking like the proper strength. So what I would suggest to the trainers and coaches who are showing their clients this movement, especially if they're, like I said, in the beginning of their fitness journey, elevate their body, like literally put them on a bench, put their hands on a bench, on a table, um, or even take them to um, a Smith machine and put them onto that. Cause that's something that you, you can progress in a, a much uh, more clear way. Um, week after week or uh, every two weeks or however you do it. Um, and that's a great way to progress push-ups to being able to fully 
doing it on the floor versus the knees. Like the knee thing is is, is not great for clients. Um, I don't, when I've used it, I never saw much progress with it ever. Once I get them on the Smith machine or a bench or something, the progress is really quick. All right. The push-up, like I said, is a great beginner exercise and it can be progressed, like I said, all the way to the depth push-up with the parallettes. The second exercise is dips. Dips are awesome because weighted dips look badass. And that's how I feel. Um, So dips work out your chest, your triceps primarily. Primarily, they work out many other muscles, you know, your stabilizers and whatnot. Um, And for dips, I would say start out on the bench doing bench dips and find a hand placement that works for you. If you feel like when you do bench dips, you feel kind of like a pinching pain in your wrist, number one, I would suggest you stretch, okay? Do some wrist mobility exercises and take your time with it and take it seriously, okay? You do not want to hurt yourself. It is not worth it. So starting with the bench dips, okay, and then progressing to the full body weight dips and then adding weight after that, great movement and it really is a great upper body builder um, in terms of not only just strength, um, but mobility, okay? If you have joint pains, like I said, when, when you are able to do um, full body weight dips, doing eccentric dips, so just allowing yourself to slowly but controlled go down, that's a great way to build up that ligament strength, that joint strength, um, to then allow you to be able to pump them out um, with proper form and range of motion without that, that pain in your elbow maybe. Um, I know people get with dips and pain in your wrists. If you're doing bench dips, the same thing. If you just allow yourself to go down slowly, then get on the floor, stand back up, and do it that way. So the eccentric, um, uh, the eccentric dips is great for you know, reversing that, that tendonitis, reversing um, that, that joint um, pain. The third exercise is something I spoke about earlier is pull-ups. Pull-ups are amazing because they are extremely diverse. And if you have ever watched calisthenics, pull-ups is like the, the, the main attraction because it's, it's a transition. It's the main thing. Pull-ups are awesome. So pull-ups work out your biceps, your lats, some core, like I said, primarily, um, works out many other stabilizers, muscles, blah, 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 your board. Pull-ups are great for your body control. So using the pull-up bar and your body and trying to find a difficult isometric position is amazing. You can get crazy, crazy strides and strength just with the pull-up bar. You just have to know how to progress it and regress it properly so that, like I said before, you don't injure yourself. Mastering one pull-up is very challenging, especially for women, like I'm, I'm speaking generally, who just lack upper body strength in general. So getting to that first pull-up is going to be a process within within itself. Um, But from then on, really, 
your imagination is the only limitation because like I said, with the pull-up bar, it's extremely diverse. You can do a front lever. Um, you can hang, you can do one arm hang, you can do L-sit pull-up. Like there's so many different movements you can do just with the pull-up bar that can work out more than just your back, all right? Your core, everything. The fourth exercise. Now, this then the, the final two exercises are not body weight. Um, I would say they're accessory. Some a lot of people use them as as accessory movements, but these specifically are taken from my personal experience and even my workout journey, my fitness journey, because I feel like they have really contributed to my upper body development, strength, and everything. So the fourth exercise is the strict press, shoulder press, um, some people might call it. And it is really great if you want freaking 3D shoulders, okay? Start modestly. Start light, if anything. Start easy and really work into the proper range of motion and control. Controlling the weight is number one. So if you want 3D shoulders, you want healthy shoulders, you want a healthy rotator cuff, all that stuff, do the strict press, but don't ego lift. Don't jump into it. Start easy and progress week after week in a necessary manner for you. The final exercise, which I guess you could say it's an aesthetic muscle or an or or I'm an aesthetic movement, whatever. It's one of my favorite exercises to do. It got me crazy fast results. And it is the easy bar curl, working out your biceps. The easy bar is insane in targeting the bicep muscle. Insane. Like, I would say that is the fastest result I've seen in building a muscle and it's a small muscle so it makes sense and it's easy to progress you know it's easy to understand it's easy to execute i would say the biggest mistake i see is people not using full range of motion which is something i'm going to talk on a little bit later um but the easy bar curl is just like just get in front of a mirror get the easy bar get the proper weight and it's just a good feeling um that is definitely an ego lift in, in the sense that is for your biceps but I will say for me and my personal experience, when I started incorporating the easy bar curl more, I saw an increase in, in form and capacity for my push-up, for my pull-ups, and just for my overall athletic performance, um, playing basketball, whatnot, and just being more athletic. I saw changes just from the easy bar curl. So you can see how training one muscle can be the deciding factor and, and can make a huge difference in your athletic performance if that's something that was weak and that was lacking. You might not have realized it until you train it and it gets as strong um, as it's ever been. So the five exercises, I'll go over them quick again. Number one, push-ups. Number two, dips. Three, pull-ups. Four, strict press or shoulder press. And five, the easy bar curl. Love the movement. So in terms of sets and reps, I'll probably dedicate another episode to this specifically, um, but I won't overcomplicate it right now. I would say start with the generic two to three sets of six to 12 reps. 
Um, this should be very appropriate and effective for your first several weeks of training. Um, but like I said, I'll dedicate another episode to the nuances of set rep schemes. Um, but I'll let you know in a little secret, it's not as complicated and as concrete as people would like to make it seem. So stay tuned for that episode for sure. Now, now that you know how to begin, okay, now that you know the, the common myths and mistakes, and now that you know some exercises that you can focus on and master over the next three to six months, I want you to remember the next five things, all right? You need to go into each workout with, this thi- with these things on your mind. And the first most important one is form. Form is more important than exercise selection or weight used, period. The injury is not worth it for poor form. And I see it all the time. People think just showing up, just doing it is enough. You need to do it well, okay? You need to show up with intent and purpose. Your form needs to be on point, all right? Prioritize form first before considering any progressions. Regress early and often, okay? Just for the sake of form. I've made the mistake myself too, and your gains, your results will be held back if your form is lacking. So first thing is form. The next thing kind of goes with form, other side of the same coin, is range of motion, all right? Don't become a quarter rep queen, all right? Don't want you to be seen doing partial reps of the of the curls or, or the press or the push-ups. Use the full range of motion that's safely available to you, okay? And take note of what that range of motion is in the beginning of your journey, middle of your journey, right now, okay? Take note of that. I suggest everyone, this is a sidebar, I suggest everyone get a little notebook so that you can keep note of your your workouts, keep note of what you're noticing about your body, everything about your body. Be diligent, have evidence, have data, okay? It'll also make it it more enjoyable for you as you progress, you know, you can turn back on the book and see where you started, see where you've gone, see where you've come and whatnot. So safely use the full range of motion available to you, all right? No quarter rep queens, only full reps. And this is, an example of this is push-ups. A lot of times I'll see people do like these half push-ups. They'll kind of they'll kind of go down like two inches and push right back up. And they, they're able to rep out like 50, 100, 100 reps. And it's because they're doing quarter reps. And if you ask them to do a full rep push-up, they could probably only do 15, okay? And it's because they're strong in the range of motion that they train. And especially if you are an athlete, if you wanna be a high performance, high functioning woman, you want to have the best range of motion available to you if you need it, okay? If you need it, you want it to be there, all right? It's like if you're in Alaska during the dead of winter, you wanna have the extra hat or the extra jacket just in case you might need it. You would rather it just be there, okay? So you would rather the flexibility, the proper range of motion, well, the flexibility is something we'll talk about later, but you would rather have the proper range of motion available to you if you need it, 
Okay. The third thing is a structured protocol. Like I spoke about earlier, I see so many women in the gym not progressing because they do not have the proper structured protocol. You need structure. Progressive overload is real. Like I said, your muscles will not get stronger if you don't force them to become stronger. And if you don't have a a structured protocol, you're probably not doing that. So how do you get a structured protocol? You can work with a trainer, a coach, an advisor, okay? You could also hop on Google. There's many resources online, YouTube, ask a friend, consult, ask your mom, okay? Ask your sister, ask me, you can DM me. You know, there's resources out there, be resourceful, okay? You have no excuse to not have a structured protocol. Remember, I'm gonna reiterate this, your muscles will not grow. You will not become stronger if you don't force yourself to become stronger. You have to force it. Your body wants to stay the same. It simply does. A structured protocol will allow you to see the results that you deserve to see and that you can see in a timely fashion so you haven't wasted a year of your life with zero results. The fourth thing kind of goes along with range of motion. I mentioned it, flexibility. Train, flexibility, train, flexibility, train, flexibility. Flexibility is just as important as strength. And if anything, it's often the limiting factor in allowing people to progress and become stronger. Include active and passive flexibility exercises depending on what you're training. So for example, like I mentioned before, if you're doing push-ups in between each set, add in some wrist mobility, okay? Do some wrist stretches, all right? In between the sets of the bicep curls, stretch out your bicep, okay? In between stretches, lengthen your muscle because as you're contracting, as you're lifting, the muscle is becoming tight, 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 tight. All right. You don't want to be that woman walking around the gym, kind of hunched over, walking around because you didn't stretch. You didn't train flexibility. And remember, like I mentioned myself, I included flexibility in my older protocols, but now have actually included a structured flexibility routine that I can progress over time. So... Like number three, a structured protocol applies to flexibility training as well. Now, the fifth thing, final thing, is lift heavy girls, all right? Well, not lift heavy girls, but lift heavy comma girls, (laughs) all right? (laughs) You need to lift heavy. Women are not lifting heavy enough. Simply not. The the, the five-pound pink dumbbells and... The 10 pound dumbbells and the little band, like, no. You need to lift heavy. Once you have mastered your form, safe range of motion, you've gotten the structured protocol and you've included a programmed flexibility uh, regimen into that, you need to remember to lift heavy. Push the weights. Your body and your physique and your mental health, even of pushing heavy weight, 
my gosh, it does a lot for your mental. We'll thank you for it. Okay? I promise you. Women often, often shy away from this and like you guys end up just leaving so much on the table. So much growth on the table, strength on the table, aesthetics on the table. Lift heavy. Remember, not, not lift heavy girls, lift heavy, comma, girls. <laughs> so things to remember, I'll reiterate them. One, form. Two, range of motion. Three, a structured protocol. Four, flexibility. Five, lift heavy. Okay? So it's a lot to take in. If you need to rewind, re-listen, whatever, do that. If you have any questions, you can definitely feel free to comment or DM me and I'll get back to you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Performance Complex. Be sure to comment, leave a rating. Remember, anything less than five stars can be submitted telepathically. And new episodes drop every Wednesday and Sunday. Like I said in the beginning, this episode commences this new series dedicated to women who are starting this fitness, wellness, health journey. So every Sunday, definitely tune in if you're interested in starting this journey with me. And I'll see you next week.